Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak through us. Holy Spirit, speak in spite of us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in whose name we pray, amen. Please give me a sign, O Lord. Am I doing the right thing? It's one of the biggest decisions of my life and you know, God, I've made poor decisions before. Please give me a sign that I would know that I would have clarity and answer. Should I marry Meredith? <laughs> For those of you who've met Dr. Meredith Hyde Estevez, you would very rightly and kindly, of course, because we're all Christian here, say, you fool, Pastor Edwin. Of course you should. Guys will, of course, say, she's beautiful, duh, no brainer. No offense, guys, but the more sophisticated members of our species, the women or wiser men, would say she's a classically trained oboist at some of the best schools who loves and is good to her dad and mama. Marry that girl. And the most Christian of you would say she's a woman of prayer. She's who you'll need and value most in ministry. And of course, you'd all be right. But I was so nervous about one of the biggest decisions of my life, one that I knew had serious implications for my ministry. A spouse who'd be willing to leave some cherished comforts and go to new places, you know, like leave a prestigious full-time university position close to family to move to Michigan when you're eight months pregnant <laughs> because of a sense of call. Thank you, love. <laughs> Is she the right one, O oh Lord, I prayed? But God did not give me a sign. I prayed. I fasted. I studied scripture. I talked to my family, who are people of great faith. My family was supportive, but not directive. My friends, about the same. You ever do the flip through the pages of scripture and see what verse you land on and maybe... God is saying something then. I bought books on the subject. I listened to podcasts and sermons, but I received no answer. Instead, much like a mentor, I felt God answering my should I marry her question with, what do you think? Me? I'd say. I was hoping the creator of the universe, you know, could help me with that. I mean, what if I pick the wrong person, God? I will be with you even if you make a mistake. But then what? You'll grow from it. What? God, with all due respect, you can't possibly be trusting me with one of the biggest decisions of my life. And then, like a father, I felt God say, I have taught you all you need. You have my word. You have my spirit. Make a decision and I will be with you no matter what. And so I married my love, my beautiful, well-educated, musically talented, but most importantly, prayerful woman named Meredith. 
but I received no big sign, just like Moses. Moses wanted a sign too, and can you blame him? God was asking Moses to revisit his past. You see, if you recall, he had left Egypt as a fugitive after he had murdered an Egyptian slave driver. Now in Midian, the middle-aged Moses, according to tradition, encounters the living God who is sending him not only to a past he'd much rather forget, but to confront the most powerful empire and its most powerful ruler, Egypt and its Pharaoh. And not just confront them, mind you, but to liberate the people of Israel. In one of the most important decisions of his life, Moses simply wanted a clear, a big and unambiguous sign. Just like we want a sign. For our questions, is this the right career? Is this really my calling? Am I really marrying the right person? But God did not give him a sign. Well, what about the burning bush, you might ask? The thing about burning bushes in the wilderness is that dry shrubs in the extreme heat of day would catch on fire, would not have been unusual, uncommon, especially in, the certain, in a certain season. It's like when we hear about wildfires out west, as tragic as those are, they are common for a season. The miracle isn't that there's a fire. The miracle, of course, includes that it isn't consumed, but Moses wouldn't have known it wasn't consumed had he not paused long enough to notice that it wasn't consumed. That's the miracle. And there, Moses encounters the living God. And so my question for us this morning, my question for you, are you pausing long enough to notice, to notice the burning bush in your life? We ask for the big sign, yes, but there are many small, everyday signs and messages where God is speaking, sometimes whispering. Other times shouting, I am. One author writes that there are at least three burning bushes that we are in danger of ignoring. And I'm going to paraphrase here. Surprises, suffering, and success. First, surprises. For those of us who don't like surprises because we value control or because we grew up in chaotic environments and we want to feel safe, those of us who are surprised by joy or a call to do something meaningful or by love, but then we take for granted our spouses, our friends, our gifts, our resources. Surprises, the good kind and the not so good kind, can be burning bushes are you pausing long enough to notice them? Suffering. Life can be hard. We know this. The diagnosis comes. The grief is too much to bear. The relationship ends. You lose the election. You don't get the gig or land the job. You don't make the cut. Your friend betrays you. Your family abandons you. Your children spurn you. Your spouse resents you. Ouch. Ouch and ouch. 
C.S. Lewis writes with wisdom, I think, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. You see, pain and suffering, they disrupt our, our ordered life that we believe we could control. Listen, I know it's hard. I don't say this lightly. I don't know what you're going through today, but I know someone here is hearing this for a reason. There is suffering and you can make a stoic decision. Well, stiff upper lip. Can't let anybody see that I'm crying. I've got to keep going. Or you can make a cynical decision. Well, that's just life. Life isn't fair. Love stinks, you've heard the song. Or you can make a desperate decision. Why me? Why now? Why this? But then it isn't about the voice of God in the burning bush. What is God telling you about your life, about the world, God's very own self through the sadness, through the anger, through the suffering? Are you pausing long enough to notice? And thirdly, success. That one seems counterintuitive, but think about it. If you've ever known someone or you yourself have said, if I only had the right house, the right job, the right spouse, the, the right network, I'd finally be happy. And then you get it. And deep inside you realize there's still an emptiness. Success perhaps reveals who you are even more than failure. Speaking of a successful person in an interview with Madonna in Vogue magazine, someone you might have heard about, she was talking about her career and this is what she says. This is Madonna who's been pretty successful over several decades. My drive in life comes from a fear of being mediocre. That is always pushing me. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being finally. But then I feel I am still mediocre and uninteresting unless I do something else. Because even though I have become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My struggle has never ended and I guess it never will. Success will not only reveal who you are, it will reveal the reality of the emptiness of success without God, without purpose, without eternal meaning. You might be looking for a sign right now, a sign about your career, about who to marry, about where to live and what to invest your energy in. As a congregation, we might be looking for signs as to what to do as a church in this time of transition. Who will be our next senior pastor? How will we implement the 75th anniversary projects? I want to invite each of you, each of us, into that risky but can't live without it adventure that God invited Moses to and invites us all. When you don't get the big sign, when it's all not that clear, will you trust me, says the voice from the burning bush. You see, the sign will come after it comes after a faithful response to the faithfulness of God. The sign, according to God, is the fruit. 
on this mountain, Moses, after you've done what I've asked you to do, after you've done what you're praying for a sign for, after you have gone to Israel, gone to Egypt, spoken to Pharaoh and liberated Israel, then you will have a sign. And that sign will be that you will worship me on this mountain. In the gospel, Jesus tells the religious leaders they won't get a sign right now for there are signs all over and they're not listening. They can't even see the living God in their presence. And so he says you will get the sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of the fish was Jonah and three days Jesus will be in the belly of the earth. And after three days, they will get the sign. They will encounter the risen Christ. Will you trust me, asked the Lord. Friends, are you pausing long enough to notice, long enough to notice the burning bush and hearing God ask, do you trust me? Because the God who encounters us, who encounters Moses, is not the gods we create, the gods that do our bidding. Gods and goddesses across the ancient Near East and of course in Egypt had many names based on function, the harvest god, the fertility goddess, the sun god. But God's revealed name to Moses is the I am. God, in saying that to Moses, is reminding all of us today. God is saying, I am the beginning and the end. Before time, I am. I stand outside of space and time and creation. I am the ground of all being. I am the foundation of all existence. Everything is contingent upon me. I am dependent on no thing. The structures of atoms and cells and stardust and planetary systems, the love you have for someone else, the health you experience, the thought you're having right now, depends on me, says the Lord. I am the original, the truest, and the ultimate fact upon which all other facts derive. I can't be known unless I reveal myself. You can trust me because I am. It is this God whom Moses encounters. It is this God who is speaking to us in ordinary, everyday burning bushes. It is this God who says, trust me. Are we pausing long enough to notice? Because maybe we're still asking for the big sign, just like Moses, just like me. And you're not getting one. And you know why, why Moses wanted a sign? Why I wanted a sign? Because Moses was scared. I was scared. Maybe you're scared because you've made mistakes. Moses made mistakes. He was a murderer. I made mistakes. You've made mistakes. How can we be trusted? The answer is not to trust yourself. It's to trust in God. And how do we know that we don't have to be scared and can trust in God? Because of who Jesus is and what he's done. Did you know that Jesus was referencing this very text we've read today, all those wondrous times throughout the Gospels, when he says, I am I am the light of the world. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread that came down from heaven before Abraham. I am. And you can reject me. You can mock me and betray me, deny me. You can even crucify me and leave me for dead. But the sign of Jonah after three days, I am the resurrection and the life. You can trust me because I have conquered death with love. You can trust me because I am your healer, your redeemer and deliverer. So look to Christ in word and in prayer, in hymn singing and in small groups, in Bible study and personal devotion, in the faces of the people we serve, hungry and houseless, the last, the least, the lost and the lonely. Are you pausing long enough to notice? Amen.